coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Marriage counseling is pretty cool because we voiced our needs. Did they start with, um, I need you to stop having sex with other people that aren't me? We were talking about me selling my house, moving in with him, and he made the comment. He would keep the house in his name in case I cheated again. He would kick me out. <sighs> Your marriage is over. Yo, 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 what up? This is John with Dr. John Deloney's show. So glad that you are joining us. We are back from break, and the show's been coming out so you wouldn't know any different, but uh, it is good to see everybody back. Hey, before we get going, Kelly, what in the world, dude? So we did this whole thing. Uh, I don't remember when it would when this is going to be coming out relative to, to that, but it's talking about how things have been crazy in our lives. And then... And then God said, hold my beer. <laughs> what? So, what happened? So, you know, my daughter was in the hospital after Thanksgiving. Right. And then I lost my mom. Yes. And then we thought, whew, that was a lot. Comes in threes. Yeah. And then um, Christmas Eve, we went to Christmas Eve service, and we came home, and our house flooded. Um, and it is a total loss of the bottom floor. Um, so you, it, for those of you listening, we had these crazy ice storms. It was freezing, and you have a sprinkler system in your house. Yeah. So the town we live in is a fairly small town, and had um, up until a couple years ago only had a volunteer fire department. So any house built before then had sprinkler systems that no one knows anything about. The builders don't know about them. No one knows anything about them, and it busted. They it, work. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, uh, the entire bottom floor of the house, our bedrooms, the kitchen, everything is a complete loss. Um, like subfloor, the HVAC system got wet and has to be everything. So we are in a hotel right now and moving to a rental home for probably four to six months. Well, I want you to know that I am wearing, uh, like a, a bunch of religious symbols underneath (laughs) my shirt and, (laughs) and garlic around my neck and you're not allowed near me. Dude, I'm sorry, man. Thanks. I heard about that on Christmas, like right after Christmas. I had no idea. I got a text from you like, hey, do you have a contractor? And I was like, oh, Kelly's going to make have a deck or something. I didn't realize you were homeless. Yeah. Well, we got a hotel. It's lovely with two teenagers and a dog. It, it's, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> two teenagers and a dog. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to be back. It's, it's good to have some, something somewhat normal because everything's so upside down right now. So when when this is your new normal, then we got a problem. But it is. But <laughs> so but here we are. Oh man! All right, let's go to Kelly in uh, Kelly, not you, Kelly. It's not me. I swear. The other Kelly in Rochester, New York. What's up, Kelly? Hi, Doctor Deloney. How are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. Something must be wrong with having the name Kelly because my furnace went, my hot water heater went, and I needed new tires. <laughs> Good grief, man. Your furnace and your hot water? Yeah, my furnace, hot water, heater, and my tires, which it was like three degrees like a couple weeks ago. So I was worried about my pipes freezing and getting That is no bueno, man. You got it worked out? (laughs) What's that? You got it worked out? Yeah. Good, 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 good. All right, so what's up? How can I help? Yeah, so uh, my question is, do I wait? For my husband to make a decision regarding the future of our marriage, or do I call it quits? Tell me more. Yeah. (laughs) So we dated for four years, and we've been married for six years. Uh, We have a six-year-old daughter. So just a little bit of background. 
Uh, in April of 2021, I had an affair. Okay. Uh, he discovered this via text. Uh, he moved out. Uh, we're still currently separated, but that's kind of a long story. Um, I continued to see the new guy for a year and then broke oh. things off with him. So this wasn't just a hookup. This is like you you found somebody new. Right. What did this dude, uh, just, this is an aside, what did this, but it, w- it will loop back around, what did this person bring you? Um, you've talked about that high and feeling alive. Yeah. Um, that was one thing. Um, I was, uh, uh, shoot, sorry. Right. <laughs> um, he paid attention to me, um, validated me, um, mutual interests. We worked together, which talk about that a lot. Um, yeah. So, so your husband finds out, um, he steps mm-hmm. away. You continue mm-hmm. this relationship. Um, and then it eventually breaks up. How and y'all are still talking, Correct. you and your husband? Y'all never got divorced? Right. Uh, we were looking to file, and then kind of the rest of the story is he was seeing someone else as well during um, that year like that I was. And then we both, around the same time, it was kind of weird, um, stopped seeing other people, and now we're trying to rekindle our marriage. Um, uh we went to marriage counseling. He initiated that. And then I started going to like one-on-one counseling through better help. And I'm still doing that. And then at marriage counseling, it was pretty cool because we voiced our needs, um, which was kind of a long process. Um, did they start I, I, just, just as a, an aside, did they start with, um, I need you to stop having sex with other people that aren't me. Was that one of them? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, we got into the entire story, entire, uh, entire. Just what, I'm just wondering if that was because if I'm in your yeah, if either I, one of your sh- shoes, that would have been like my second or third need, probably top three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I, yeah, it wasn't said as directly. Sorry, you caught me off guard. But uh, yes, all right, yes, all right, that, that all right. was discussed. So, um, so you're in marriage counseling, and it's clearly not going well. So. Fast forward to now, is he just falling <laughs> off the map? Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, are y'all still living apart? Part of that, we are. Okay. Um, part of that is uh, we were talking about me selling my house, moving in with him, and he made the comment at marriage counseling that uh, he would keep the house in his name in case I cheated again. He would kick me out. <laughs> yeah. Th- this so, like like your uh, your marriage is over. It's over. It's 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 okay. done. And now he sounds like he's unable to to say it's over. And so he's just going to let it run out of air or run out of gas. And when that happens, it's very hard to be to, – to make rational adult decisions when you resent each other. And the longer this thing just gets suffocated or just runs out of gas – um, and the car is just drive. I mean, it's just rolling down the road. It's not even driving anymore. Um, man, the messier your co-parenting gets, the messier decisions you stop. You start. You stop not liking each other, and you start hating each other. And, and tell me, I'm wrong. No, you're right. I mean, it um, sounds. It sounds. With, over. Yeah. Is he pulling back and and withdrawn? 
Yes, and he's actually started. I uh, discovered text messages that, well, I didn't see them, but he was texting the girl he was with prior. Um, and I straight up asked him if he was interested in her. And he said, no. But when I asked him about us, if you want to still be with me, uh, he said, I don't know. I can't seem to get over what you did. Yeah, that's fair. And so I, here's the deal. Y'all right. need to go out to a grown-up lunch or grown-up breakfast and call it. Because here's the deal. You've got, a, you've got a kid who's absorbing all of this. Right. And um, y'all are being cruel to her. You're being cruel to your, each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think? Yeah. At some point, and, and neither of you want to, you don't want to have been the person who cheated and ruined your marriage. You don't want that. Right. Um, your husband doesn't want to have been a guy that got cheated on. And y'all don't want to, your daughter to grow up in a divorced household. You don't want all these things, yet here we are. Mm-hmm. And so the, the sooner you can own reality and acknowledge reality and then begin to live with that understanding, the, 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 the faster people will heal and the better chances you'll have of being acting like mature adults down the road. Yeah, uh, becomes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So somebody's got to call it. Okay. And if you sit down and say, I, I'm asking you to make a decision right now. Are we done? Um, and if he says, well, I'd still, I don't know it. You need to have a decision. Okay. And if you get in this, well, I'm not doing it. Well, you're, I'm not doing it. I mean, come on, man. We got to be grown ups <laughs> at this point. You got to, you got a kid, right? Right. And you'll have to make decisions with what comes next. Um, but it sounds like here's it. he's called it quits. He just hasn't said it out loud yet. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Are you at a place where you've forgiven yourself? Um, <laughs> working on it. Okay. Some days are better than others. Yeah. It'll take a season. And he's not yeah. blameless either. Yeah. What have you learned in this situation? Uh, um, I got to take care of myself because I'm used to, you know, putting other people first. And then I realize I have needs and then I make poor decisions. So more of a balance. I think if you were to be honest about your needs and have the courage to voice them as you need them, mm-hmm. not wait till they all pile up. And then the, oh, yeah, it definitely gets, pile up. Does that make sense? And becomes insurmountable. And then some sweet talking dude who just wants to hook up with you at work um, is able to cut your values off at the roots, right? Right. Yeah, your, your, your values are worth being spoken out loud. I hope you'll take that with you. Yeah. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. The yep. the end of this, even though it's, it feels like it's y'all. I mean, y'all been separated what a year now, two years, or I guess a year and a half. Uh, yeah, a year and a half. Yep. Okay. Um, the finality will feel like a death. It will hit right. you harder than you think it's going to. Okay, because there's yeah. part of you that thinks I've been living with this. I've we've kind of been practicing being divorced, right? And kid going back and forth and all that it will be a whole other layer when this thing is finalized. Or when somebody says, I'm going to do this. Let's do a no-fault divorce so it's not drama. We're not 
causing problems. We're not splitting up everything. I'm not going to sue you or whatever. We're going to be adults about this. We're going to have a no fault and we're going to sign it up and we're going to then be great co-parents. Um, and we're not going to give all of our money to attorneys. And when the moment you do that, it's going to be heavy. Mm-hmm. And y'all both yeah. might sit there and weep at the, at the lunch table. Right. Is it fair? Yeah. And here's what I, I want you to uh, also do this. I want you to have, just in case, just in case, you sit down for breakfast or lunch and you say, hey, are we done? And he looks at you and says, absolutely not. It's 2023. I'm coming out swinging for my new mar- for my marriage. We're going to make it new. I'm not giving up on this thing. I'm all in. I want you to have a list of things, five things, 10 things. Here's what I need from you moving forward. We have to live in the same house. We got to share bank accounts. You got to be all in. You got to put both feet in this thing. I'm going to put both feet in this thing. And that means you can get hurt again and I can get hurt again. But that's the only way we can go forward. You tell me what you need. I'll open up all my text messages. I won't text another person I'm not married to. I, I, I Like whatever we need to do. I have your list just in case. But it sounds like this thing is over and needs somebody who's an adult to say, all right, what are we going to do next? It's just about owning reality. I'm sorry that you're here. I hope that 2023 is a year of healing for you. Healing always starts with telling the truth, owning reality, and asking that one terrifying question. What are we going to do next? We'll be right back. It seems like everybody is talking about how crazy the housing market is right now and how powerless homebuyers feel. Mix that with the stress of moving and life change and job change, and you've got a tornado of anxiety fueling one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. This is not a good idea. So if you're a new home buyer right now, my advice to you is to focus on what you can control, like the people you choose to help you in the home buying process. You need folks like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey trusted provider that's been helping people with their home mortgages for decades. And their home buyer edge program will help you skip a bunch of the stress. Here's how it works. Apply to become a Churchill certified home buyer and cap your interest rate for 90 days. Then you'll get a $5,000 seller guarantee to help your offer stand out. So go ahead, take a deep breath because Churchill has your back. Check them out at churchillmortgage.com slash Deloney and get the home buyer edge today. All right, we're back. Let's go to Frank in Pittsburgh. What's up, Frank? How you doing, John? Thanks for taking my call, and thanks for everything you guys do. You got it, my brother. What's up, dude? How can I help? My question is, I got I had a, a baby just under two months ago. Okay, congratulations, and, boy or girl. Thank you. Boy. All right. <laughs> little, little Joseph. Little Joseph. Cool. <laughs> and now it's time for his, his shots to come up, his, his vaccines and all that. And I'm struggling trying to trust where the CDC and all that where where the the mistrust with covid came now yeah. i'm struggling to to trust where the old stuff you know i'm i'm questioning everything of course. when you ask a question it, the doctor shut you down and say no it's safe just do it yeah well do i know it's safe do i what do i do you know do i do i listen to them or you know i'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means but sure. i'm 
not a but the whole thing got sideways yeah the whole thing got sideways i've uh i've told some of my closest friends i think i think this was a hundred year i maybe even said on the show i think this was a hundred year setback Uh for for so we lost trust in our churches we lost trust in our educational institutions we lost trust in medicine and those are pillars that prop up a civilization and there's yep. going to be a long, hard road back to trust and reestablishing trust. Um, yeah. So I'm going to – I'm not a vaccine expert, okay? Mm-hmm. And yep. I am, though, going to tell you how I make these kind of decisions. I'll give you a matrix, okay? Okay. Or not really not really a matrix. That's, that's not right. I'm going to give you a framework for how I make these decisions, okay? Okay. And then I'll tell you – I'll give you like the, the, the nitty-gritty, what I think. Okay, which mm-hmm. that might buy you a cup of coffee um, yeah. if the coffee's free and it's like, you know what I mean? I'll take the, it. from a cup. <laughs> so um, big picture, there's this um, a terrible human being. And you've if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that I rarely say that. Okay. Um, yeah. I think people are flawed. They screw up. We all do. And then we all have roads to redemption. There's a terrible human being. His name is uh, Andrew Wakefield. He is the fraudulent scientist, absolute total fraud, who came up with this bullcrap connection between the MMR vaccines and autism. Absolute fake data, lied about the whole thing, and then spread it out and then went on on a campaign, essentially, him and an attorney. There's a fantastic book by Brian Deere. Um, it's like the man who tricked, uh, doctor who fooled the world. Um, it, it's, it's just disturbing. Okay. So we have this emergence, um, recently of this anti-vaxxing stuff. I can't express it enough how nonsensical it is. And here's where it's evil. There are countless parents who have autism who think they did something wrong to their kid. Uh-huh. That's why this dude is evil. And that planted these seeds of doubt in all of us. I've got two little kids, right? And so I start yeah. questioning. Like when the – I call her the nurse of death. When you have this sweet little two-year-old or two-month-old and then this sweet nurse comes in and just pulls these these these, <laughs> these shots out and jabs this little – I mean, I, that's a whole other day of other story. Okay. So yeah. I, I want to say this like unequivocally. And this is not me like I'm making a stand. No, I just look at data. Just pure numbers. Vaccines have saved millions and millions and millions and millions of lives. Full stop period, end of sentence, okay? And COVID got politicized and sideways and the COVID vaccine became a nightmare. Yes. Okay? And I am right there with you. I'm right there with you. Mm. So as a new dad, you're right to be nervous. Like, what do I do, man? Do I do that? Like, you are right on with every other dad, me included, okay? Yep. And here is the framework by which I make these decisions. This is how I make medical decisions. This is how I make financial decisions. This is how I make mechanic decisions. Number one, I have one, two, three, four, five people that work in that field that I trust. Okay. Now, I'm privileged in that. I've worked in universities forever. I know I, I can call research scientists in my cell phone number. Okay. I mean, in my cell phone. So not everybody's got that. Um, <laughs> And here's the, here's the question that shifted for me about a decade ago. I do not ask people what they think. Okay. I worked at a law school and there was some of the most brilliant minds in the world. And those, they were legal scholars. They were professors of law. So they were trained 
over years and years and years to find arguments and exploit holes in arguments. They were masters at it, okay? And mm-hmm. I could ask him, what do you think about something? And they could spin me an hour-long detail about it. But then I would see their kids, and I was like, well, your kid's doing that. Like, do you, what do you think about organic cotton? And they'd be like, well, I think organic cotton is this and this. And they would give me all this data about the fields and about Roundup and about all this stuff. Then I'd see their kids wearing cotton cotton shirts, and they'd be like, oh, you think this, but you believe this. Yes. And so I quit asking, what do you think? I do not ask that question anymore. I only ask this question. What are you doing with your kids? I ask my doctor that. I ask my friends that. I ask my finance person that. I told my finance person, I want my portfolio to exactly match yours. And he was like, he's a close friend. He's like, well, you know, and I was like, no, no, I want to exactly match yours. And he's like, you got it. And because if you trust it enough for yours, you're not going to sell me some product. I want it to look just like yours. Same with a car. Hey, which car do you think is good? Well, I'm, I like this one, but I'm, what car did you buy for you and your family? Well, we bought that one. Well, that's what you believe then. Does that make sense? That's so, with my doctors, I've asked them point blank, what did you do with your kids? And if they gave this kid that vaccine, then it's safe enough for their kid. Then I don't know enough other than what the news tells me in some stupid YouTube videos, which should not exist. So I'm going to ask the people in the field, what are you doing with your children? And that's going to be, that's going to be my guide. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And that has given me a lot of peace. Yep. Okay. And so yeah, I've given helps. I've given my kids not all the vaccines, but I have given my kids MMR. I've given them HPV. My 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 oldest, like I've given them those things. Um, and there's a few vaccines that I didn't give them because <laughs> I sat down with my doctor and we looked at the data together. And, and my doctor happens to be a super nerd and he loves those kind of questions. <laughs> I have a gut reaction to professionals who don't like questions. That's the pickle i'm in is uh, is my pediatrician now the practice they're in there anytime you ask a question it's it's oh no that's not going to happen well how do you know how do you where's the data where's the where do you how do you know i mean do you and then they, they just they more blow it off than answer the question right you know? and i'm fortunate um gus vickery my doctor uh he he'll he'll email me the study <laughs> you know what I mean? He'll send it okay. to me. Um, and I was challenging him on something. And he sent me two or three studies and I was like, well, you're right. And so not every doctor can do that. Um, and not every doctor will do that. Here's what I would love you to get in the habit of doing. And this is going to, this is going to be when you have to talk to a third grade teacher. This is going to be when you talk to a middle school coach, when you, whatever the a theater teacher is sitting down and saying, Hey, can you explain this to me? How this works? Okay. Um, and take the humble um, submission approach, not the, I was watching this YouTube video and I Googled it. And I think, because the doctors get that all day long. Yes. But if you said, hey, sir, I feel like you're blowing me off. Can I just ask you, like, this is the most important, this person in my life is my little baby. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I'm getting a lot of conflicting advice. Can you point me to some data and, yep. and go from there? And if they say, we don't do that, then I would be on the lookout for a new pediatrician. And I know that's a, 
what is my insurance going to take? And it's going to take me a year and all that. I get that. And that stinks. And it might not be this time, but it might be next time. But um, that's where I would head out. I, I just, my from my mechanic, hey, why are we doing this particular thing? And why are we doing that? I want people to explain stuff to me. And I, and yeah. that's not out of bounds if I'm paying you. Exactly. Is that fair? Yep. You're that's not perfect. crazy. Um, <laughs> and you're a good dad. Here, l- let me leave you with this. I'll leave you with this. Okay. The mark of a wise person is somebody who can hold different um, data points in either hand and not go mad. Okay. Still make a wise choice. And so in one hand, we have to hold that vaccines have saved millions and millions of lives. And if you're like, I don't think so. I promise my garden is bigger than yours and my family eats organic food. I'm, I'm all into all the conspiracies. I'm just looking uh, at the data, okay? And then on the okay. other hand, the COVID vaccine turned into a absolute quagmire. Yes. Okay? I've got to hold both of those and then look at my two-month-old two and the doctor who wants to give them their MMR shots, round one, and say, did you give these shots to your kids? Because I'm just nervous about vaccines now with all the drama. Um, did you give these to yours? And if they look at you and say, I'm not telling you that information, then say, I'm, uh, I appreciate your time. I'm going to go find me another doctor. Perfect. 99% of the time they will say, yeah, I did. <laughs> I'll leave you. I think I've told this on the show. My, uh, <laughs> when my uh, daughter was born, we had an amazing, uh, the greatest OBGYN ever. She's just stunning. She was a head of the clinic at the university hospital where my daughter was born. She was just amazing. And I worked at the, at the university in another, another college. And so we would, I could email back and forth just because we were in the internal system. And so I would ask this kind of question and this question and that question. I was always asking all these questions about MTHFR and all these things. And then one day we were just doing a routine checkup. And I had just read this thing about DEET, how DEET was a neurotoxin, was going to kill us all, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, DEET and bug spray. And we were walking out of the OBGYN <laughs> of the, you know, the baby checkup. And I turned, her name was Dr. Fi, Jennifer Fi. She's extraordinary. I looked at her and said, hey, real quick, you put bug spray on your kids? <laughs> and she smiled real big. She knew. She's like, yes, John, Deed is not good for, it's not great. And I'm way more worried about other things. So yes, I, I spray bug spray on my kids. And I was like, that's all I need to know. There's not one thing on a YouTube video that I'm going to learn that's going to be more value to me than a brilliant research medical doctor and the way she treats her own kids. And so that that became the litmus test for me. Um, I'm going to ask you, what do you do with your kids? What are you doing with your money, with your cars, with your home? Are you buying a house right now? Are you waiting? Oh, if it's all coming down. You shouldn't buy a house. Why you buy one? La- Why did you buy one last month? I mean, it's it's fine. What are you doing with your most most important loves? What are you doing with your most important assets? That's where I'm gonna follow, not just some. I think that. <laughs> hey, and by the way, Frank, you're a great dad. Good for you for asking these hard questions. Good for you for caring about um, the things that go in and out of your. Um, thank you for thinking, caring about your kid. And their medical decisions, their nutrition decisions, all that. You're a good man. We'll be right back. One of the most common questions I get on my show is, how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you. 
Or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, let's go to Julie. Oh, right down the street in Nashville, Tennessee. What's up? Hi, how are you? I'm good. What are you doing? Well, I'm hanging out in my car talking to you. <laughs> I'm, I, hey, listen, in 2023, I'm trying to be more mature. And there was like three jokes that I was about to make that I did not make because I'm trying to be more grown up. So I want all of America to know, all 19 listeners, uh, I'm growing up. Okay. So, Julie, you're in your car ch- chatting with me. What's up? Well, I'm calling to ask your opinion. Um, we're thinking about putting our daughter into a private school, but we are middle class. This is an elite private school. Um, and how do we cope with, um, or how do we help her cope with feeling different from other kids? And will it be um, more damaging to her to attend this school or to go to public school after we have to move to Pennsylvania to um try to get her a better education in a public school. Julie, I've already taken a vaccine call on this show, and now you're giving me the public school, <laughs> private school call? Yes. <sighs> Kelly, they're trying to cancel us on the first episode. Back. All right, Julie. Um, well, here's the deal. I promised on the show I would never lie. That was like one of my core tenets when I took this show, uh, I mean, when I decided to do this. And so I'm just going to tell you the truth as best as I know it, and then I'll tell you about my own kids. And then we'll go from there. Is that cool? Yes, absolutely. Okay, let me ask you a few questions first. Why? How? Number one, how old is your kid? Um, almost 11. Okay. Why are you worried about public schools? Or why uh, Why because, a public school? I'm sorry, why, 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 I, why a private school? Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's already been in private school through elementary school. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, at this point, um, we're looking at going into middle school and we're wondering if that's something we should continue with or if we should go on to public school. But this is not the place for public school, not where we live. Um, the schools are not great here. Okay. Um, and I, it's my responsibility to provide her with the best education that we possibly can. So what... Um, hmm. What makes the schools not great? 
Uh, I think that the academics, they're just not up to par. Um, I have a relative who um, taught in the schools here. He'll say, yeah, they're okay. Okay. Um, There are no advanced classes at all, no AP courses, no extra um, enrichment for kids that um, would benefit from that. There's just nothing. Um, And then I have talked to a few um, students who graduated from the school near us, and they said they didn't feel prepared for college at all. Okay. And they did well in high school. Um, so you're thinking about moving or you're thinking about mortgaging your, no, I mean, no. your, mortgaging your souls to pay for private yeah. school? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, that's basically it. Is there a little bit where, <laughs> like I've had a really crummy car a bunch in my life, actually, mm-hmm. and the car is so junky. It's just, it's just like falling apart. It's not good. It gets me where I need to go, <laughs> but it's just awful. Yeah. And I end up looking at cars that are like nine rungs above where I should be looking. Right. Have you hit the pendulum so far? L- l- let me. Uh, no. No? I don't tell think me, so. Tell because me why. we do get financial aid. Okay. No, so no, no, no. We don't have to come up with the, all the money. Is that what you mean? No, 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 no. I'm talking about. You're follow- so I worked in education for um, for two decades, okay? Mm-hmm. Private schools, right. public schools, private universities, public universities. I've, I've worked mm-hmm. in the, across the gamut, okay? My kids okay. have gone to private school and public schools, okay? okay? So mm-hmm. there is some data that exists about kids who go to private school end up with better outcomes. Test scores, right. um, ACT scores, SAT scores, college admissions, and mm-hmm. things like that. I believe with all my guts and until I see a study that shows me that I'm wrong, which I'll get on the show and say, hey, I was wrong. I don't think it exists. I think that's an much more about an inputs question than an outputs. Meaning, yeah, I agree. Uh, for those listening, if it, you live in a community and it's full of surgeons and, you know, bajillionaire businessmen and women who are sending their kids to this private school where well, you've self-selected into a school and the school can reject kids or not let kids mm-hmm. in who aren't of certain academic quality. So you get a selected group of kids who are then of course are going to go on to have high test scores, but that has very little right. to do with the, with the education. Right. Um, even yeah. if you look at Harvard, a, a study just came out, the Harvard grade inflation, everybody gets A's there now. <laughs> everybody. They all everybody gets right. A's. <laughs> And so you can look and be like, man, Harvard puts out only people who have four O's. No, they don't. They just give everybody A's, right? The community mm-hmm. college yeah. class in rural Oklahoma who takes a kid who can't read and then gives that kid some skills to go get a job, that's, I mean, you see what I'm saying? So the mm-hmm. institution you're falling prey to, um, you have to give your kid the best if you really love that kid. Right. And there's only one best and that's us. And we're $58,000 a year <laughs> right? <laughs> from sixth grade. No, there are other ways to get there. I agree. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So, um, mm-hmm. my wife often reminds me, and she's the one who is the K-12 scholar. Um, she was Dr. Deloney long before I was, she's way, way smarter than me. Um, she reminds me often, John, did we go to college? Yes. Do we read to our kids? Yes. Do we have books in our house? Yes. Do we all have dinner at a table regularly? Yes. Mm -hmm. Our kids are going to be fine. 
Those yeah. are the data points, okay? Now, when you get to college prep and all that, that's a whole thing. I went to an incredible public high school in Houston, and I was very prepared for college, so it doesn't matter. Um, is there something deeper here, or is this purely academic? So are you worried about the social stuff, or are you worried about that kind of drama? Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's already been some talk of, Lily lives in a little house. We don't live in a little house. Like, but, you know, like, why does, and then she'll ask me questions like, why can't we have an SUV? Why do we have to drive a little car? Like, you know, things like that, that can, she can internalize and take that into her future. And I don't want to do that to her. I grew up, um, a poor kid in a very affluent community. Mm -hmm. And I consider that one of the greatest privileges of my life, even though it was awful. And I have a lot of trauma and scars from it. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he, here's, okay. What, here's, here's where the trauma and scars come from. We didn't talk about it. Okay. That's where. And so when you don't talk about stuff, they become secrets and secrets feed shame. And shame is something's wrong with me because our house is too small. Something's wrong with me because we only have two, I only have two pair of shoes. I only have one mm -hmm. jacket or coat. Right. See what I'm saying? That's different yeah, than, absolutely. no, this is how we choose to do it. We're choosing to have us like the house I live in right now is a pretty small house. And I tell my yeah. kids, like we intentionally chose a yeah. small house. I like all my kids. I like everybody in one little, like close to us. And we're doing that too. There you see. And so talking about, no, 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 we're making choices. Yeah. We could mm -hmm. go mortgage our souls and get a brand new Lexus and pay $1,400 a month. Why? That's dumb. It's a depreciating asset. We buy used Camrys. They're awesome. Yeah. And so I'm teaching <laughs> my kids to be proud of the choices they are making and proud of their particular station. Okay. Does that make sense? So I we're, like I, yeah, we're talking about it. My kids have no idea what kind of resources we have. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And yes, I, I want it that way. Okay. So I think this is hard because there are some really crummy, difficult um, public schools. They exist. Yeah. And a fifty or $60,000 a year private school may not solve your problems. Or that may be taking a sledgehammer to a mosquito. Okay. Is there an in-between? Yeah, and there are a lot of options. Okay. To make that happen, yeah. Have you fallen prey to... We we need to get the best, and if we don't get the best, I'm failing my kid, and I'm gonna have to take a second job and a third job and all that. <laughs> uh, not the best. We don't necessarily have to do the best, but we are gonna do better than what we have locally. Okay. I think I think we're committed to that. Okay. Um. Here's my big picture. My kids go to uh, public school. Mm -hmm. If when I'm on the internet, it's on social media, which is not a ton. Nothing gets more pushback than when I tell people that I, my kids go to, to public school. And so I'm going to make this super clear. I want my kids exposed to nutty ideas. I want my kids exposed to wackadoo people with mm -hmm. strange ways of doing the world. I want them exposed to that while they still live in my house. Because they're going right. to get exposed to that in college. They're going to get exposed to that in the workplace. They're going to get exposed to that everywhere. You cannot live your life. Now, I don't want my kids exposed to violence. I don't want my kids yeah. exposed to terrible teachers and awful administrators. 
which sounds like that's where you are, who just are not academically challenging at all. I don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's my job to teach my kids spirituality. It's my job to teach my kids community and resilience and how to come back from hard things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids have had teachers that weren't great. And God, can you imagine being having Dr. Deloney and Dr. Deloney with three doctorates in education coming and sitting down and staring across from you and you're a third-year teacher? I mean, it's not even fair. So we try to be nice, right. my wife and I, but like there's been some teachers that weren't great. And so we got to teach uh, yeah. my son, you're going to have a boss that's not great or you're going to have a client that's not great. And they're going to be really tough to mm-hmm. work with. Here's how you, right? Here's how you persevere. And so I think there's some meta lessons there that are so good. I'm not outsourcing that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's my job. Yeah. And I, there yeah. is a balance, but I'm, I'm, I'm going right through the middle of it. I'm going right through the middle of it. Um, I, I would not worry if you do go to private school, I would not worry about your kid being the whatever kid. In fact, I would celebrate their friends, parents. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like so-and-so's dad is a surgeon, man. He cuts open people's heads for a living. His mom replaces hearts. She makes so much money. They take care of them. Like I, it, mm-hmm. I mean, I would celebrate it. Right. Yeah, we're going to do that. You see what I'm saying? Like, just hold it really okay. open. Yeah. This is who we are. This is yeah. how we roll. Can I ask you one personal question? Absolutely. Do you feel less than? No, actually. No, I don't. I, I work with a lot of the people that she goes to school with, the parents of the children and, um, they treat me really well. Um, we've, yeah, we're good. So you don't feel like if you accept financial aid that you're some kind of charity case and that you're some kind of, you, you no. don't feel less than? No. Okay. No, no, no. This is, um, part of, part of our family's journey. Okay. Cause There's your kids, here, so. your kids will absorb that. Okay. And I want you to be really proud of the choices you're making for your kid, whatever your choices happen to be. And by the way, I don't mm-hmm. hate on private schools. Um, if there was a great private school and we, my wife and I chose to use our resources that way, we'd definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my kids may end up in a private school someday. I don't have any, any uh, ill will towards them at all. Um, mm-hmm. I just hear some of the reasons people choose to go and I th- it just sounds nonsensical. What you're saying is really powerful, I think. Like you're concerned Thank about you. your kids' grades. Right, or what your kids are learning, I right? Yeah. Um, I, th- I do think that matters. I think that's important. And if you're going to school and they're, they're just sitting you on Khan Academy or telling you to watch online videos or something that's not teaching, that's not learning, you need some engagement with real humans who are walking th- walking you through things. And again, that's not opinion. That's just from the data. Um, your kid's going to be your kid and your kid is going to absorb the lessons they get from you. And there's going to be bullies everywhere and there's going to be moron kids everywhere. And there's going to be the rich kid and the super poor kid everywhere. Kids desperately need their parents to be anchored in, number one, together, mom and dad together. And they need to be anchored in to a set of values. This is who we are. We choose to drive used cars. We choose to live in a smaller house. We choose to live in a huge house. This is how we choose to do it. We have extra bedrooms so anybody can come stay with us whenever they need a place to, to come visit. We choose to have a lake house so that we can go hang out. Whatever your life is, own it. Own it. Don't let your kids absorb your shame or let themselves feel less than. Own it. 
And good for you, Julie, for loving your kids, thinking it through carefully. Um, I would see if there's another option before you mortgage everything. And if you do end up going that route, go for it. Stand tall. Your kids are going to do great. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we're back. And for those six or seven people who are still listening after we talked about private schools and vaccines, Kelly has decided the song of the day is from one of my favorites, Johnny Cash, one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. The song's in honor of her flooded out home. I'm so sorry, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And Merry Christmas. Yeah. I think there's no way you're at church. I really was. There's no way. But my husband did laugh that, so while we were at church, the Cowboys beat the Eagles, which no one thought would happen. Right. And my husband later said, that was God giving me this little thing and saying, enjoy this, because in about an hour. (laughs) Nope. God, y'all were on your cell phone during church. That's what he smoted you for. I was not on my cell phone during church. Oh my gosh, that's weird. Thank you very much. Yes, you were. Unbelievable. The song's called Five Feet High and Rising, and this is not about Kelly's drugs. Song goes like this. My mama always taught me that good things come from adversity. If we put our faith in the Lord, we couldn't see much good in the floodwaters when they were causing us to leave home. But when the water went down, we found that it had washed a load of rich black bottom dirt across our land. The following year, we had the best crop we'd ever had. I remember hearing, how high is the water, mama? Two feet high and rising. How high is the water, papa? Two feet high and rising. How high's the water, Kelly? Feels like 12 feet high and rising. (laughs) Actually, all the water's gone now, though. Oh, man. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you soon.